Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Thursday night, late Thursday night, like 9.15 p.m. Thursday night, August 22nd. We are recording episode 115. I'm your host, Jordan Pace. Joined with me, as always, by Zach Henson. Zach, how are you doing? Getting nervous about the draft. You're getting nervous? Yeah. I feel like H&F never gets nervous. I feel like I've got a big test coming up. Yeah, and I, you guys never seem nervous at the draft. Seems Brian's usually got on like a Joe Montana jersey or something. I think you have like a, I don't know, everyone just seems like comfortable and fun at the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But deep, but deep down, you, you guys are pretty nervous? We're shaking. All right, like you mentioned, the draft, though, it's coming up, man. This, we're, recording, oh, yeah. we're recording Thursday night, and this will probably be published sometime Friday morning. So, I mean, we're getting down to the witching hour. I mean, it's, it is one week from when this episode yep. – I mean, if you're a true fan of this podcast, you listen as soon as, you know, you get that notification that our episode's been published. And so, as you're listening to this, one week away. Yeah, I'm, I'm already – you know, Sarah and I were already prepping, like, when we're going to have to go to the store – uh, to get the snacks, we'll probably aiming for Tuesday. Usually, Brian goes with us. We'll see if we can work that out with his schedule. But uh, early next week, we will be going to get the snacks, and that's when you know it's getting it's getting real. I feel like we've missed out on a golden opportunity in years past of Sarah or whoever, you know, photographing, filming that process, the shopping for the the draft food. Can we get that done this year? Like maybe can get we a- go live. Yeah, I think Facebook Live would be great. Just like. Did you ever watch that show, Supermarket Sweeps? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe do like a supermarket sweep, like you versus Brian, or maybe get another team involved, but like, you know, just start throwing stuff on a cart. I'm, I'm down. So one week away, our CMB draft, and there's so much football going on right now. It's crazy. Uh, this is week three of the preseason, and this is like the closest thing it gets to actual football is week three. The starters usually play about three quarters. Uh, so we'll, we'll look forward to seeing that uh, starting tonight. There are a few games tonight. Uh, the Titans play Sunday night football against the Steelers. Um, oh. A couple of nights, I'll be there with uh, both parties of um, IDP still suck. Have I told you about this, Zach? No. So uh, myself, my, my, the lone party of a uh, pace party of one for uh, pace in your face, I teamed up with uh, both Whoa. parties of IDP still suck, and we got season tickets, the three of us. Oh, I thought you were about to say you teamed up and you're joining them this year. Oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't join Ooh. the dark side. I, I don't think I could ever join IDPs or HNF. Wow. Or, or any team for that matter. It's not personal. Say, like, you just made it personal. It's Jordan. just I, I don't want the rich to get richer is, is all I feel like. <laughs> okay. And I couldn't join Ryan Risher because the rich would get richer. So. Ah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that'll be fun. We're going to every game this year together. Um, it, it should be good. And who knows, man, they might coax me in. I might come next season after going to every Titans home game with them. I might join uh, IDPs. Who knows? Do you think they will have you sign a contract or something? No, I mean, they might, they might, they're good, man. They're, they're kind of like you and Brian. They might find a way to get me, like use their combined powers and and trick me into signing something. Uh, So if it happens, I won't know it's happening while it's happening. Okay. So, uh, this is going to be a short episode. We, so we did our first special guest interview of, uh, I guess, really the preseason um, with someone outside of our league, a familiar reporter that's going to join 
us here in a little bit. You've seen it. I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you saw the title. It's Mike DiRocco, ESPN's NFL Nation reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we will get a report on uh, Duval. And then, Zach, you and I, we're just going to do a quick divisional preview. We're going to knock out two divisions here, the NFC West and the AFC North. And hopefully we'll have uh, the other divisions finished by the draft next week. Uh, So, Zach, let's start with the NFC West. And these are the Cardinals, the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks, of course. We do this with every preview. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Zach, of those four teams I just mentioned, you know, we, we have Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. How would you rank these four quarterbacks for fantasy value in 2019? Goff, Wilson, Murray, Garoppolo. Wow. Survey okay. says? Yeah, I, I, I might go Wilson ahead of, of, uh, of Goff, but, I mean, you can't deny yeah, they're that Goff. Close. They're definitely close. Goff has the better protection on the offensive line, the better weapons. I mean, they're very close. So close that last year in, in Yahoo, in our league, based on our settings, um, both Goff and Wilson finished in the top 10 of fantasy quarterbacks. Who do you think was ahead of the other one? Like, who, who ranked higher? Oh, man. I don't know. It was who Goff. Was- ah. Goff finished right behind Deshaun Watson, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers. That might surprise some yeah, people. Yeah, he did have a good year. He did. And Russell Wilson, I think, and I might be mistaken here, but 2017, the year before, I believe Russell Wilson was the top-ranked fantasy quarterback in our league. Oh, okay. So even when he has no weapons, no one to throw the ball to, no protection, Russell Wilson has been an elite fantasy quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be as elite, um, but Jared Goff, he's, he's in a Sean McVay offense that is catered for him throwing you know, dump-offs yeah. and, and lots of touchdowns. So uh, I, I like that pick, too, for Goff. Um, Looking at the other guys here, so Kyler Murray, is he kind of like this year's Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson? We just don't know what we're getting. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. You know, and especially even more questionable just seeing I don't, how poorly that the how, – how poorly the Cardinals have looked, I guess. Right. You know, off the bat. But, I mean, it's, it's just the preseason. But I mean, he – I think Kyler Murray might be the biggest unknown rookie quarterback. Not unknown, but just we don't know what to expect since, like, maybe Michael Vick. I I mean, really, this guy could be amazing or he could be a bust after year one. I just think he – he's got a lot of talent, but his size, he's like 5'9", 5'10". I mean, he's shorter. If if any quarterback is shorter than I am, then, you know, I'm I'm already kind of skeptical. But – yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, this is a guy that we could see flash right away, and everyone's going to wish that they took a late-round pick on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, we're going to start a, a quick segment next week uh, of guys, players around the NFL or in fantasy, that we just think that they're going to go to this team. Like this yeah. team in our league, in CMB, yep. just feels like a fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, yeah, you hear, when you think of Kyler Murray, who do you think of in CMB? <sighs> Um, you know, maybe I could see uh, Jeff and Rob going after him. I was gonna say East Coast. East Coast, okay, yeah, okay. Ross, Ross and yeah. Reed, they just yeah, they seem good. like that type. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, you see Ross wearing the Tim Tebow jersey. They drafted Baker last year. I think they yeah. signed Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think they just they like that rookie quarterback that can move. Yeah. Um, but the guy we're not talking about or we haven't talked about yet is Jimmy G. 
this is a guy who, when he was traded from, I sound like Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy, when he was traded from uh, the Patriots two seasons ago, I think he won his first, you know, six starts in the league and really finished that, that last year or that first year with, with San Francisco really well. And then, you know, I think it was a torn ACL. He, he was injured in the first game last year, missed all of last season, and he has not looked good in camp. He threw five straight interceptions in training camp, which I don't really take a whole lot of stock into that, but um, the vibe has not been good for Jimmy G. Do you like Jimmy G at all? Is he a guy that could probably just go undrafted in our league? Uh, no, somebody will take him. Um, so I, I don't know where, but, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll get drafted. We will talk about Jimmy G's receivers later, but as a uh, tease or a spoiler, George Kittle, I, I think he's the best fantasy tight end in football right now. Whoa. Yep. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Zach, let's preview and talk about the running backs in this division. It's, you know, it, I think three years ago, you could say that this is one of the best, the absolute best uh, divisions for running backs. I mean, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, and Marshawn Lynch back in the day. I mean, this was a really good division for running backs. And now you look at it, and Todd Gurley is a guy that we don't know how healthy he is, where he's going to go. Mock drafts have him going late in the first round, early in the second in some drafts. Uh, you know, they're talking about Darrell Henderson, the rookie running back who they took in the second round. is going to take some of that the load away. Um, David Johnson, who broke his arm a couple of years ago, he kind of fell off. So I, I don't know where we would rank this division. Where do you see these four teams and their running back committees? I want to give it to the uh, Cardinals, Rams, and then Seahawks, 49ers. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners. And Niners just because just not a lot of health there. Um, they haven't proven they, that any of those guys can stay on the field. I mean, I'm pretty sure that H&F's no thanks candidate is going to be. Yes, yes, it is. And we had a part of that backfield last year, and we want no part of it this year. Because you had McKinnon and you drafted right yeah, we, the, the handcuff. Yeah, Brita. And yep. I can't remember if we picked up somebody else. I mean, it was just a, it was just a terrible carousel to be on. And um, I can just tell you firsthand, it was not good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll rank them last in this division for that reason, for health. Um, you know, they did sign Tevin Coleman, gave him a decent deal in free agency. He's going to, you know, pair with Kyle Shanahan again. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons the year they went to the Super Bowl. And that was back when Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman had such a great duo for, for so many years. So I could see that working, Tevin Coleman, but that's a big if and, and just upside. So we don't really know what to expect there. Um, I like David Johnson a lot. I think he could have a better season um, than he did previously in Bruce Arians' offense. Uh, but I just – beyond David Johnson, I mean, if he goes down, that team is done. Oh, yeah. I mean, behind him right now – let me know if you've heard of these guys. Chase Edmonds, TJ Logan, and Dante Strickland. I remember seeing their names in free agency. That's about it. it uh, I wish we had some sound right now because I could play that – that video of Snoop Dogg, you know, he says, who? Who? Have you seen that? No. <laughs> All right. So uh, that, yeah, that running back committee, it's not a great committee. David Johnson can reclaim his spot as a top, you know, seven running back, I think, again this year. But overall, that committee, not great. And they've invested so much in the receiver position in Arizona. I just don't see them valuing running backs at all outside of, of David Johnson. Um, we've talked about the Seahawks already because by all indication and what everyone's saying around the league, 
Chris Carson's expected to be a workhorse back. 50-plus catches is what Pete Carroll said that we should expect from Chris Carson. Rashad Penny, they spent a first-round pick on last year, and he was MIA, but he's a guy who, I mean, this is it was one season. He, he You know, he still has value, I think. Um, so I, I like Seattle's backfield more than I think a lot of people do. Um, and then I already mentioned the Rams. Todd Gurley's probably going to surprise some people just based on, you know, where he's being projected right now. But any, any part, the Rams are just like the Chiefs, and that's what made that game last year, that matchup so incredible, was any part of the Chiefs offense or the Rams offense you want on your fantasy team, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so um, we'll move on. We'll talk about the pass catchers here. And, Zach, I mean, you got to rank L.A. first, right, of these teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking back at last year, you got to rank Rams first. Uh, then I'll get to Seahawks, Cards, 49ers. Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, the Rams are far and away the best, um, just in terms of all their pass catchers combined. I actually kind of like San Francisco's depth. I like Marquise Goodwin. He's a guy that everyone was was all in on at the start of last season or preseason last year before Jimmy G went down. So he didn't have the year that we thought he'd have. But him and Dante Pettis, and then I mentioned it earlier, but George Kittle, I think he is the best fantasy receiver right now in the game. Um, you can make the argument he, he doesn't score as many touchdowns, maybe just a few – a, you know, a few less touchdowns than uh, in Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs, but his yardage and his receptions make up for it. The guy is a freak. So you better get him in the third round. I really think he's going to go early. I think maybe not in our league, but in league average, because our our league doesn't really draft tight ends that high, unless you're Jordan Pace a couple of years ago and you take Gronk at the end of the first round like a dummy. Um, but last year, though. So here are the top three tight ends for uh, CMB. So Travis Kelsey, 297 fantasy points. And that was with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Let me just clarify. Zach Ertz, second, 280. And that was with you know Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And then George Kittle, who had Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and just you know whoever Seattle was rolling out there on, on Sundays with Jimmy G down finished third with 261 points. I mean, the guy was insane. Um, so Travis Kelsey broke the record for most uh, receiving yards in a season for a tight end at 1,336 yards. And then like a couple of minutes later, George Kittle broke the record, broke his record, and he finished with 1,377. So tight ends in this league are, are catching the ball a lot more. I think George Kittle deserves third round, maybe even – you know, back of the second round conversation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So right. that might, I, I don't want to be the one that has to do it, but if, if he's there at the right value, I, I might just. Whoa, whoa. Nope. Pace, don't show your hand. Don't show your hand. I know. I know. And Jake's probably listening to this. He's probably taking notes. Uh, we only do our mock draft with Jake for the first round. So he won't have to mock, you know, George Kittle me in the first round. Yeah. But yeah, if I took him in fifth overall, that'd be kind of silly. Um, so who else? So we, we talked about the Seahawks a little bit. Russell Wilson, when he, even when he hasn't had weapons, he's been able to, to, you know, find some success in the passing game. I like DK Metcalf. I think he's going to be injured all season. He's just, I think he's injury prone. Again, we haven't really seen anything yet, but he's already had surgery. He's, he's got knee surgery right now. He's out for a couple of weeks. Um, so beyond DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett and David Moore, 
who are kind of speedier options for the Seahawks. I like Tyler Lockett a lot. I think he's super underrated for fantasy. Um, so I, who knows with, with the Seahawks, Doug Baldwin's done. I think he, I believe he called it quits and retired. Uh, and they've just, they've moved on from a lot of guys. So uh, Seattle, not as great, but we've seen Russell Wilson get it done with less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then talk about the Rams a little bit and their, their pass catchers. So um, Cooper cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, those top three receivers stay in L.A. Uh, one of the best trios in all of football in terms of, of receivers. And then Josh Reynolds has a fourth receiver, not bad. This is such a good team uh, on offense. Their offensive line, they did lose Roger Saffold, but I don't really think that matters. I mean, this is just – this is such a good offense. And, and Jared Goff, probably one of the luckiest young quarterbacks in the league based on the team that's built around him. Yeah. I think if you plug Jared Goff and you put him on, like – I don't know, the Bengals or somebody. I, I just don't see him having success. Yeah. Um, so the pass catchers for the Rams, can't knock them. I might, you know, I might go as far as saying it's it's probably the best core of weapons around the league. Um, you know, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, pretty good tight end, sneaky good. Gerald Everett's really fast. So he's a guy you could probably get in later rounds in, in fantasy drafts. But, you know, obviously we love the Rams. Good old Rams. All right, last bit here, Arizona Cardinals, their pass catchers. Larry Fitzgerald is not going anywhere, and I know we're not doing this until next week, but, Zach, there's one team that I'm thinking of when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald, and who, who, do you, who is that? You're going to say Greg Lucius. It's Greg Lucius. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I need to, like, go back through let's, the, the let, books. Let's just say that we got to save this for the podcast. Let's save it for the podcast. <laughs> I just feel like if I went back through the books, though, based on drafts in years past – Larry Fitzgerald's been in the league, like, I don't know, 16 years, and Greg's probably drafted him 15. And I think the league is – this is the 15th year of the league, right? Can we, can we get our uh, stat crew on this? Yeah, stats and info. Yeah. What is that uh, – you're a big uh, Dan Patrick fan. What's the, the stat of the day? Yeah, stat of the day. You want to sing it? Stat of the day, stat of the day, bop, bop. That was good. Like All right. So Larry Fitzgerald still in Arizona. Uh, Christian Kirk is the um, number two receiver there. I think could have a really big year, especially in situations where he can bail out Kyler Murray. He's a guy that we've seen Murray who just throws on the run, and, and that pairs well with what Christian Kirk does, I think. Um, and then beyond that, Andy Isabella is a um, rookie receiver that we heard a lot of hype out of uh, coming out of UMass. I like Andy Isabella a lot. I've heard a lot of great things of him, about him on Roto World and probably a guy you could get really late as a steal. Um, their fourth-round pick, Hakeem Butler, who was Brian Franklin's draft crush uh, heading into the draft this year, he's actually – I think he's going to be done for the season. He had an injury earlier this week, and I need to verify what that was. But I know Butler probably done for the year. So um, Arizona, not a bad receiver core the more I look at it. And their fourth receiver right now, Zach, a guy, a rookie – by the name of Keyshawn Johnson. I've heard of him. No relation to uh, the other Keyshawn. Yeah, I've heard of him. So, you know, not a bad offense, you know, a, a group of weapons, but, I mean, this offensive line for Arizona is still terrible. So we'll see what rookie head coach Cliff Kingsbury can get done. But that was our, our preview, you know, kind of rapid fire of the NFC West. Zach, Let's, uh, let's knock one more out here, and we'll do a divisional preview of the AFC North. So moving into the AFC, uh, the North we have the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, 
Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Zach, when we look at those four teams, let's rank the fantasy quarterbacks for value this season. Lamar Jackson, Andy Mm. Dalton, Baker Mayfield, and Big Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. Where do you rank those four? Well, I guess you got to go Mayfield, Roethlisberger, Lamar, and Dalton. Yeah. Survey says? Absolutely, yeah. That's that's the way I would rank him as well. I thought about putting Lamar over Big Ben – but I think if, if Lamar has a fully healthy season, like all 16 games, he might be the best fantasy quarterback in this entire whoa, division. Whoa, 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 in this division. Okay. In the division. But I don't think he plays all 16 games. I really don't. Oh. Uh, he, he, the guy runs the Look ball. Look at you wishing injuries on people. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wishing injuries. I just think wow. the amount, the volume of carries this guy has, there's no way you can sustain that over 16 games. Um, I, I think he's a better passer than people have given him credit for. You know, we heard the stat that in the final, I believe it was six games of the season last year, he had the highest, um, you know, volume of uh, average yards per air or average yards per throw uh, for Lamar Jackson. So the guy, really a great fantasy player over the last, you know, five to six weeks. This is going to be a great rushing offense, and Lamar Jackson is going to be a huge part of that. But I still put Baker Mayfield – number one why do you like baker there at number one zach just the hype i'm just i'm going by what all the hype is you know so got some new weapons over there um the expectations are pretty high and hey we'll get to see it week one right don't they that's play right so. yeah i'll be there i'm that's our annual away trip so oh, there you go that'd be a good one to go to should be fun um but baker i agree i you know the hype's there but beyond that i mean right i mean it's it's like almost not even fair to have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, right. you know, out wide. Um, Rashard Higgins has been a guy that Baker's found a rapport with, you know, through his first year. Um, I do know uh, their other receiver um, from Florida. Oh, Galloway. Sorry. So yeah, so Galloway suspended the first four games. Uh, they just signed today, actually, Braxton Miller, who the Texans cut. So this is this is a good uh, core. Should have uh, Calico. Yeah, I I like David and Joku too as a, as tight end. I mean that's a guy. Again, I want to spoil our segment for next week, but uh, David and Joku just feels like a match made in heaven for Jeff and Rob Gaw. Um, but this this team, this offense, I like the Rams' offense. Man, there's not a lot of holes. All right. Moving on here, Big Ben. Big Ben loses AB and Zach. When you lose a guy like Antonio Brown. Should you be expected to post the same numbers year after year? Or, you know, I think ben, Big Ben had big numbers before AB arrived. Like, do you think this this knocks him down at all? Yeah, it's definitely going to knock him down. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, just how they do, you know, without him. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell just kind of completely – those guys are gone. Like, it's not even a thought over there, you know, this year. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. You want to hear something silly? So, obviously, A.B. last year um, was in Pittsburgh, so he only missed one game. So, Big Ben had him essentially the entire season. Big Ben last year was the third-ranked fantasy quarterback in our league. He had the, And he had what? the most passing yards of any quarterback in the league, 5,129. Wait, point-wise, point he was number three? Number three. Wow. Total, total points behind Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan. Wow. Wait, <laughs> Matt Ryan was number two? Number two. What? But even even more ridiculous, Zach, here was the gap between Patrick Mahomes, who was number one, and Matt Ryan, who was oh, number two. 
Matt Ryan finished at 440, and Patrick Mahomes finished at 518. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Um, so that, I mean, that's what 50 touch, passing touchdowns does in one Did year. Did I say 80 points in that close? Do that I get pr- something for that? That was pretty close. Uh, okay. Yeah, you get to draft Patrick now, Mahomes. We'll take your 12th uh, pick. 12, you get to, you get to draft round. Patrick Mahomes in the first round. No, we'll just take your 12th, 12th round pick. All right, so uh, Big Ben, you know, I think they're going to keep throwing the ball. There's, there's no sense in not. I mean, they still have Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, they signed Dante Moncrief. I don't know what kind of role he's going to have. Um, but, you know, the Steelers' offense is, is – I can't remember the Steelers' offense in my lifetime having a, a bad year. So um, we'll move on there. And we talked about Lamar Jackson a little bit. Andy Dalton, not even worth talking about. I, I, no. I, don't, I don't see how he, this guy – he's a streaming option only. Yeah. That's about it. I'm looking to see if Andy Dalton was in the top 25, and he was the 24th ranked quarterback last year in our league. All right, move on. All right, moving on. So we will talk about the running back committees real quickly here for that division. Zach, where do you rank these four teams just in terms of um, in terms of rushing? In terms of rushing, man. Well, you got James Conner with the Steelers, and yeah. So I guess you got to go uh, Steelers, Browns. Bengals, Ravens. There you go. Survey says. Eh. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I actually have the Ravens first. I think they have the – Whoa, whoa, whoa. They have one of the best rushing games in all of football. The anal- analytics showed that at the end of last season. Look at you, um, analytics. Wow. <laughs> especially Lamar Jackson, at, you know, including him in that group of, of rushing. Um, it's just – it's almost like a cheat code, but – you know, they had um, Mark Ingram from the Saints this year who's going to be kind of – I don't even know if he's a lead back really anymore, but him and Gus Edwards, they kind of feel like the same running back type. So, I, I don't know. I, I like that team a lot. Pace in your face. Suggs, keep that in mind for the logo. Thank you. Pace, Pace is taking on analytics. We need some kind of matrix design or something in there. Right. Every, every team in the NFL needs an analytics department, and I think every team in CMB. Is this, is this a new year for a pace? You feel like? No, abso- absolutely not. <laughs> no. If we're talking about me winning the league, just like forget uh, it. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but it's like I was talking to somebody at dinner. I don't want to go too off track the other oh, night Lord. about how I've – the only team that I'm a fan of that has won a championship in my lifetime is the Tennessee Vols in 1998. And I was five years old. And they said, well, you've never even won your fantasy league? And I was like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, way to rub that in, Zach. All right, uh, we'll move on. I picked the, the Ravens, the best running attack in that division, in my opinion. Wow. Um, I like James Conner a lot. But, you know, I, I, I want to say he missed a few games last year with injury. But, you know, this team I think is going to hurt at, you know, in the run game. With, with their offensive line. Mike Munchak left the Steelers as their offensive line coach is now with Denver. So that, that's probably going to have a bigger effect than people realize. Um, but I do like James Conner. I think, I think the Browns, man, I think they have a pretty good rushing attack. I mean, Nick Chubb is a guy that could be a workhorse back now for the first, you know, nine, 10 weeks uh, before Kareem Hunt comes back from suspension. Uh, we, you know, Duke Johnson's a guy who was traded away about three weeks ago to the Texans. So, Right now, it is just Nick Chubb. I think he deserves to go late first, early second round almost. Yeah. Okay. Nick Chubb. Um, and then the Bengals, again, I don't even know if we addressed the Bengals for fantasy. I mean, they're like the Titans every year. Just no one even worth talking about for fantasy purposes, even though I'm sure Jake is rolling his eyes because he knows how many times I've, I've drafted Marcus Mariota. 
but the Bengals, just, I don't know. It's not even, they're not even fun to talk about unless you're talking about maybe Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon's a guy that, that puts up, you know, he, he has an injury history as well, but uh, he has a lot of volume. He, can, you know, he runs the ball. He gets at least 20 to 25 carries, but there's just, I don't know, man, they're so boring. What about TJ Hushmanzada? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, a, he's kind of a has been at this point, but I like the hooch. Yep. People call him that the hooch. I've never heard that. But all right, moving on. Go with that. <laughs> moving on. So let's talk about the receiving core real quickly here, Zach. Where do you rank these four teams oh, gosh. when you look at the receivers in the AFC North? Um, well, you got to go with the Browns now, in my opinion. Then right. uh, you still got Juju over there. I'll go to the Steelers and then Bengals, Ravens. That's exactly how I have it as well. So congrats. Yep. Four for four. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I think if AJ Green's healthy and he actually plays all 16 games, him and Tyler Boyd are a really nice duo. Probably yeah. the second best duo in that division outside of OBJ and Baker. I mean, sorry, OBJ and, and Jarvis. Um, you know, I, I like some of the receivers on the Ravens. I just don't think they're going to throw the ball. And I, I don't know. You know, I think they're going to throw to tight ends a lot. And you know, Hollywood Brown, their first round rookie receiver, has not really played a whole lot this preseason. So he's kind of like Kyler Murray and we don't really know what to expect. Um, they do have Chris Moore and Willie Sneed still. So who knows? I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I might have ranked the Ravens last actually. Maybe you did as well. I can't remember, but, um, and then the Steelers, we've already talked a little bit about that, but Juju Smith-Schuster, he's probably primed for a big year, right? Without AB. Would you agree? That's the word on the street. All right, well, word on the street is we just finished our previews for the NFC West and the AFC North. Zach, let's move on real quickly here. And uh, we, we teased at the beginning a little bit, but, um, Zach, I had the chance to talk with Mike Duraku, who is ESPN's NFL Nation beat reporter, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hard to believe this is our third time talking with Mike Duraku. Can we say we're best friends? I would say so. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, third year in a row, I would say so. Yeah, so third annual visit. This is Mike Duraco. It's time for the call of the week. As we preview the start of the 2019 NFL season, we're talking with some of the most respected beat reporters around the league. This week, we're happy to welcome back Mike Duraco of ESPN's NFL Nation, who joins us for his now third annual preview of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike, thanks for the time. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, when we spoke this time a year ago, the Jaguars were the reigning AFC South champions, and they were the odds-on favorite to win the division again in 2018. Instead, they went 5-11, and finished last in the division. And so, I guess from your lens, what went so wrong for the Jags in 2018? I don't know if we have enough time to get into all of it, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. But, but the biggest reasons, obviously, they had the rash of injuries along the offensive line especially – uh, at tight end too, but really the offensive line was the problem. You know, by December, they were starting four players there that hadn't even been with the team until October. Uh, and then you add in the fact that Blake Bortles played terrible football and ended up getting benched uh, for Cody Kessler. And you have a disastrous 5-11 and 11 season, not helped by the fact that, you know, the locker room was a mess as well. So it was a pretty much complete meltdown last year. 
And it appears you, you mentioned Blake Bortles, no longer a, a Jacksonville Jaguar, but it appears the new Jags quarterback, Nick Foles, he's going to see the field for the first time in week three of the preseason against the Dolphins. Uh, Foles has missed a decent bit of time in OTAs and training camp, but what's kind of the pulse right now in Duval for their new signal caller? Does he have the protection or the weapons he's going to need this year? Well, the protection is the question because he hasn't had his two tackles uh, all all spring and all in the training camp until now, this past week. You know, Jawan Taylor had a was banged up with a knee injury, missed a couple of weeks, and then Cam Robinson coming back from the ACL. So, uh, you know, that's why Doug Marone has really wanted to wait until those guys were healthy to put him in there. But that's the biggest question mark on this team, to be honest with you. I feel better about the receivers. It's still not a great group. Um, but guys like D.D. Westbrook are established. Chris Conley's been a guy that's played in the league for a while. He's an established guy. You know, I think they'll be okay there. It really is the offensive line. You know, you look at that group, and those two guys are coming off injury that I mentioned, but Brandon Linder is coming back from a season-ending injury. Andrew Norwell's coming back from a season-ending injury. So the key is those guys being healthy and playing better than they did last year. And if that's the case, and you add in a healthy Leonard Fournette, then this offense could be pretty good. I mean, it's not going to be the the Kansas City Chiefs offense, but it's an offense that's no longer a liability, and it can be an offense that can carry them a game. And that's really not something that they've had, uh, you know, in a long time. Not that Foles is, you know, a great quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback, above average. And, you know, that should be good enough if everything else falls into place for them to be pretty productive. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. He's been one of the most disappointing players, particularly for fantasy football, since he was drafted fourth overall in 2017. Fournette was quoted saying he got uh, the bad people out of his life after last season. So what are the expectations for his third year? Can he be a top 10 running back with this offensive line improved and healthy the way they are? Uh you know, you use that word expectations, and that's probably not the right word to use with me because my expectations for Leonard Fournette are very, very low based on everything that's gone on the past couple of years. You know, maturity issues, conditioning issues, work ethic issues, not to mention the injury issues. I mean, guys, he gained like 17 pounds last year during the season. The only people that gain weight during the season are sports writers. I mean, football <laughs> players just don't do that. I mean, that, that's that's unheard of, especially at a position like running back. So that's a problem. So for me, the only legit expectations I have of him is staying healthy and playing in 10 or more games and being a guy that gets that per carry average over four. Um, but to be honest with you, he's had a really good camp. He's in really good shape. The things that I hear from people tell me that he has matured a little bit for sure. Um, and in this offense, you know, he's going to get the ball a lot as a receiver out of the backfield. So all the indications are there that he could be headed for a big season. I'm sort of one of those wait-and-see guys on that kind of stuff. But, right. you know, if you're looking for a, a, a back that people might not be thinking of that could have a big season or that may not be valuing very highly in fantasy, if Leonard Fournette is healthy and he's indeed turned the corner, I mean, he looks really good. So that's a guy that, yeah, you know, if everything is fixed, then yeah, he's an 11, 1200-yard rusher, and he'll catch 40, 45 balls out of the backfield for sure. 
previously the Jaguars have had names like Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon, and Carlos Hyde behind Fournette to kind of play in a pinch. The backups, you know, the backup right now is Alfred Blue. So should that be a concern at all for that backfield? Or is it maybe symbolic of the front office's confidence in Fournette for this year? Um, actually, to be honest with you, I think the backfield this year is much better than the one last year because mm. they just had Yeldon and Corey Grant, who was sort of a one-trick pony, um, straight-line speed, change-of-pace kind of guy. Uh, this year with Alfred Blue, who is hurt, they have an experienced guy that can come in and be your starter if they need. Thomas Rawls, the guy who's been around the league for a while, another guy who sort of carried the load for a team before, so he could do it if, if needed. Uh, but the guy I think that everybody's really excited about is uh, Ryquel Armstead, the kid that they drafted from Temple. Sort of the same kind of running style as Fournette, um, but runs even more angry. Um, so I actually like their backfield this year a lot, and I think they learned their lesson last year that, hey, we have got to have some other kind of uh, production behind Fournette because last year they gambled – that Fournette would stay healthy and, and TJ Yeldon would be a guy that could carry them if they, if he didn't and they lost. So this year's group, if I were sitting there, I, I'm expecting by the end of the season for Ryquel Armstead to be Fournette's top backup. And if they end up getting to a situation where he's out for multiple games, you know, they may lean on Alfred Blue to start, but I think Ryquel Armstead will get a lot of work. Mike, you mentioned D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley, the uh, free agent receiver they signed from the Kansas City Chiefs. They bring back Keelan Cole and D.J. Chark as well, so a familiar receiver core. Is there any one receiver in this group that you would take a lot of fantasy stock in? Yeah, I, I think D.D. Westbrook's going to have a 75 catch year, um, you know, up there around eight, nine hundred thousand yards. Uh, I don't know that he'll be a big touchdown maker, but I do think that he's probably their best uh, and most experienced playmaker at this point right now. Um, you know, Nick Foles likes to throw the ball down the field in this offense, and they've done a lot of that in camp. And Chris Conley has sort of been the guy that stood out right away in that area because of his previous relationship with Foles in Kansas City. But DJ Chark has probably had the best camp of any wide receiver, and that might be partly because of how disappointing he was last year. But, man, with his athleticism, his speed, he could be really a guy that, that makes some plays for them down the field, and people will start taking notice of him around midseason. But, <coughs> excuse me, the one guy, if I were picking right now, that I'm 100% sure will be really productive, it'll be Dede Westbrook. And they like to get him the ball, you know, in uh, – quickly get him in space, let him use his speed, make some breakaway plays that way. So I, I'm expecting him a big year from D.D. Westbrook. You mentioned your expectations for Leonard Fournette, and maybe it might not match what others might have for Fournette, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on the tight end core of Jeff Swaim and rookie Josh Oliver. Uh, are those names at all that are fantasy relevant this year, or are those kind of throwaway guys for fantasy football? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say on – Swain because he's a guy that has had a little bit of an issue staying healthy um, but he looked okay in the red zone uh, when he was healthy in camp um, I don't think he's going to be like a 40 catch guy um, but the guy they're really excited about is Josh Oliver kid they drafted out of San Jose State he's long he's athletic he's got really good hands and they were using him you know to make some plays down the field in the scene 
then he gets his hamstring messed up and he didn't play, hasn't played in any preseason game, isn't likely to play in the four, uh, the third. Actually, he is out for the third, not likely to play in the fourth either. So now you're looking at a rookie playing a tough position, having no game snaps under his belt at all before the regular season starts. So expectations on him should be very, very low this year. Um, but if he's as good as the Jags think he is and can be, then I can see him being a 45, 50 catch guy, you know, in 2020 for sure. All right, Mike, lastly here, one of our favorite segments during the preseason is what we call no thanks, where we each declare a player on or a roster spot that we want nothing to do with in fantasy for the upcoming season. I believe your last two appearances with us, you no thanks to Blake Bortles and no one can blame you there, uh, but the goat is gone. So who are you saying no thanks to in 2019? Oh, Wow. That's uh that's a little bit of a tougher thing because I do think that they've got some value guys here. Um not anybody that you would probably take really high, obviously. Um and I do think Leonard is probably gonna be a guy that I would gamble on if I were drafting him, you know, in the mid rounds. But uh if I had to say no thanks on a guy, uh maybe Keelan Cole. Um he really hasn't done much in camp or the preseason. And it looks like, you know, now that Marquise Lee is back, um, it looks like he might be a guy who is further down on the depth chart. He might be the number five wide receiver at this point. So I probably would stay away from Keelan Cole. All right. Once again, that was Mike DiRocco, Jacksonville Jaguars beat reporter of ESPN's NFL Nation. Give Mike a follow on Twitter at ESPN DiRocco and click on his stories. You won't find better Jags coverage. Uh, Mike, thanks again for hopping on with us and all the best this season. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Zach, would you uh, would you take away from our conversation with Mike about the Jaguars this year for fantasy? Um, yes, I um, I took away that D.D. Westbrook um, will go in the third round of our draft. Really, based on that interview alone. Based on that interview, third yeah, round. He's high on D.D. Man, I I yeah. mean. I don't think there is a team in the league that just their quarterback situation flipped as much as it did with the Jaguars and they lose Blake Bortles slash Cody Kessler and, and Nick Foles. I mean, you would think Nick Foles is in like the Tom Brady conversation when you compare him next to Blake Bortles. So I, they could be a better team. I'm, I'm kind of scared. I really enjoyed hearing who his no thanks was and you know, that was a good choice. So yeah, I agree. And I liked his line about, uh, you know, he's talking about Leonard Fournette putting on like 17 or 18 oh, pounds yeah. in the off season, or during the regular season. He's right. like, the only, the only yeah. people that do that are sports writers. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, always a great visit with Mike DiRocco. Really appreciate him coming back on. He's a regular. So, um, Zach, before we close out this episode, no tweet of the week. We're trying to end this one a little early. Uh, but let's do some quick CMB League news. Uh, today, like I said, it's Thursday, August 22nd. Happy birthday to the newest member of CMB, Carver Moore, uh, one half of Big Orange Bullies. I don't know how old Carver is today, but today is the big day for uh, the new guy in the league. Yeah. Happy birthday. I call him Dansby out at Campbell Ball. So. Oh, Swanson? Yeah, happy birthday, Dansby. All right, happy birthday. Next one here, though, is uh, Zach. This is like the most recent Facebook you know, group post is the picture I saw. It was almost TMZ-esque of – Jake Stanifer and his boy AB. 
Yeah, how about that? That was yeah. wild, wasn't it? Pretty bizarre. Yeah, that's really bizarre. I mean, you know, in all seriousness, though, Jake, you got to get a handle on your boy AB. I've been watching Hard Knocks. I watched the first three episodes, and I'm just over it, man. The guy, if it's not his foot, yeah, thing, let him have it. Helmet, Keep going. Let him have it. If it's not the feet thing, it's the helmet. Just yep. like, are you going to play this year or not? That's right. Are you going to give Jake the yeah. opportunity to draft you or not? That's right. Because he's going to Jake. We just don't know when. It's probably going to be, you know, uh-huh. I think Jake's going to get nervous. Do you know where Jake's drafting this year? I don't. Where's he drafting? Any idea? I, oh, I don't know. I was hoping you knew. I don't have it memorized. But no matter where it's at in the first round, I think Jake's going to panic and take AB in the first round. No. no. I think he's going to do it. All right, well, let's confirm with Jake next week because, like I said, the draft is a week from tomorrow. So when we do episode uh, 116 next week, we are going to talk with Jake Standifer next week for an episode. And he's going to do his annual mock draft. So personally, I think he's going to pick AB to himself, but we'll find out. Yep. All right, Zach, episode 115 in the books. Thanks again to Mike DiRocco. We did our divisional previews of the NFC West and AFC North. Now let's eat a W. Who? 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 Who?